combat time! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Combat Time Podcast. I'm Yasin and I'm joined by Josh. Hi. Jay. Hello. And special guest, Elliot. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing on this fine Sunday morning or afternoon? Sunday afternoon. Not too bad for a Sunday afternoon. Had it is a, a beautiful day. Two days a, to digest uh, yes. what we're talking about today. Yes, it is a it is a absolute glorious time. Obviously, on the, on a day like this, um, Earthrealm was defended and everything was set back to normal. And Liu Kang and everybody else can walk out into the sun descent, knowing that they have defeated Outworld, and we get to reap the fruits of their reward on a day like this. Unfortunately, that's not really what happened. <laughs> Did you watch a different movie than us? <laughs> I, I watched the- this morning, so I guess I've already digested the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're we're going to talk about the new Mortal Kombat movie, which was released on Friday, as we're recording this, uh, directed by Simon McCoy, which Who? I believe exactly this is his first. Yeah, this is his first movie, which kind of shows. Uh, How did he get the job? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I guess I could have looked that up, but you know, typical Hollywood pickup. There was one other movie in the past 10 years that literally his only credit was music videos like this guy, and I can't remember who it I, was. But, I want to say know. I want to say that James Wan probably had a hand in it since he produced this movie, and he was on it long before uh, Stephen uh, McCreary, McCoy, whatever his name is. Simon was. McCoy. Oh, and well, it was going to be uh, Elliot, the director who did the web series. And that really uh, dark and serial. Um, oh, that really grim dark one. Yeah, yeah. he was. It was going to be his project, but he dropped out of the second season thank of God. the show. And yeah, thank God, because um, that's. I think it might have been just a last minute replacement. Uh. So yeah, and this movie, I'm surprised. I thought the budget was higher than this. The budget was 55 million. Yeah. Which, I thought it was. A, I thought it was like 90 million or something like that. Which is kind of. Did funny. they start production? pre-covid or i believe yeah. so yeah they okay. uh from what i could gather they filmed it mostly in 2019 but they also shot stuff in 2020 mm. what i find uh, funny is that e- shut down what i find funny is that even though like it was like a 55 million uh million dollar budget which believe me at times that does show with some of the sets that they were using but at other times mm. i'm like oh because we were all kind of commenting in the uh, movie, and I guess this will be one of the good things that we actually have to say about it, is that the CG was actually pretty, pretty, like, like pretty actually solid throughout this movie for a $55 million budget. Um, at, yeah, least I, at, least I, at least I thought so. It was serviceable it, because just like the original movie, they don't overuse it. They use it for when they need it for, like, creatures, yeah. and they don't and, really, yeah. And they weren't doing, like, that thing that a lot of movies do now, where it was, like, entire scenes were created digitally. Like, everything was still very grounded in... Mm-hmm actual actors on sets doing choreography and there wasn't any of like that crazy like ca- cg 3D digital camera swooshing through environments and like, oh, people yeah. doing things that they couldn't normally do it's my biggest you know? pet peeve so i guess yeah. i should appreciate that they didn't do that in this movie yeah uh, it wasn't like a marvel movie for me like the i wasn't really uh, entertained that much by the fights and we'll get to that when we start talking about how the choreography and how it was filmed was but mm. I thought they were a little lackluster, but at least, yeah, they're actual physical sets. So, 
Yeah. Even um, Outworld is a physical. It's not even a set. Outworld is a location. Hmm. For the most part. For the oh yeah, I yeah. They uh, got this fantastical stuff in there, but you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we all watched it on Friday night as soon as it came out. Uh, which is why Elliot is joining us. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. He's actually on a, another episode that <laughs> hasn't been released yet, where we reviewed <laughs> another movie. Uh, but you know, we had so much fun doing that one. We were like, oh, bring him back and you know review this movie because it's definitely this is a movie to talk about. <laughs> this is a movie to talk <laughs> yeah, about. And I guess uh, I bring a strange perspective to this podcast in that I. I'm not someone who grew up with Mortal Kombat. I like how you asked us as Sub-Zero Scorpion's son in the beginning because you thought the son was freezing. (laughs) (laughs) I know very little about this game. Although I did download Mortal Kombat Extra Large. uh, Oh, really? (laughs) And played... uh, Extra Large. I played a few fights. Cool. Who'd you play as? Um, I did... uh, who's Who's the girl with the... The fans, Katana. 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 Kat- I did a couple with Katana, and I did Goro. Oh yeah, Goro's in it. I forgot Goro's in that mo- that game. If he bought yeah. XL, he bought all the DLC all at once. So that's cool. Right? Yeah, dude. If you if you got uh, MK on Switch, you and I could play MK11 on Switch. You and I could play uh, online, or you could get it Ooh. on. Wait, PS3 and you. I think that one is cross platform, right? It's cross platform except for Switch. Yeah, not uh, Switch. Yeah. Extra large is I have it on PS4. Oh, okay. Dang, I have that on PC. <laughs> well, that might be cross-platform too. I don't know, or is that just a eleven thing? Honestly, I found it like I'm not used to playing fighting games. Gosh, we're going off on a tangent already. I'm not used to playing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not used to playing fighting games. But, like my hands were having such a hard time on the controller, like pressing all the buttons at mm. once at the right speed. So like, yeah, well, yeah. My thumb, my thumb was just like mm. all the combos too, especially ten. That's ugh. yeah. That's why you invest in a fight stick and you learn to play on a fight stick. Yeah, it's a little too hardcore. Actually, also, I don't know why I'm why I'm saying that. I don't play with a fight stick. I literally I'm sitting in front of my desk and there's a window open in front of me and I literally. Just just saw a car drifting down my street being ghost-ridden. <laughs> the doors were open and there were two people outside the doors dancing along. Are you serious? That's amazing. serious. Yeah, that sounds like something so that would fun. happen in Mortal Kombat. But yeah, dude, like, like, uh, like, 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 I, like, I actually do play with fight sticks, so I will happily endorse fight sticks all day and night for Mortal Kombat. So to get back to the movie. Yes. Uh, so I guess we, we should go, uh, just go around the digital table and Give our general thoughts on what the movies, what you thought of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and we know uh, us three uh, definitely had our expectations from the previous episode that it's going to be interesting to reflect on how they were uh, fulfilled or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so who wants to start? I will. I'll start. Okay. All right. So my uh, interpretation of this movie is that it was fun. Um, it like I thought it was actually okay to good, but it wasn't like good to great, and it wasn't great to amazing at all. Um, it it definitely had some flaws in it that obviously kind of show. Uh, I think probably my biggest gripe, like I kind of suspected this before, but Cole Young as the main hero was boring, uninteresting, and really just wasn't someone that I would consider worth really paying attention to too much, even though he's integral to the plot. Um, so I think he, I think for the most part, he was the worst thing about the movie for me. And even then he wasn't like offend, he didn't like offend me or anything like that, or he was annoying. It's just that he's sort of like just basically a vanilla wafer and very mediocre banana pudding. Like that's all this dude is. And, um, and 
you know, highlight of the film for me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is Kano. Kano kind of like sucked the soul out of the entire movie at times and made it his own. Like he seen right. still a lot. <laughs> And I, I thought that I, was, I, like, I like that alteration of the saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, I thought he actually did a, a very good job with um uh, with his character. I actually like the fact that they had the uh, the balls to keep him a villain because I was worried that he would be a good guy. Some people may like that. But I wanted I, him to be a good guy. Yeah. I was pissed off at that. But I actually like I actually liked him being a villain. I I, I want my Kano to be a bad guy. Uh, I thought a lot of the fights were, they were okay. They weren't anything, like, great. Like, I will give them credit, though, because the beginning fight was really, really good, and the last fight with Sub-Zero and Scorpion, I thought, was pretty okay to decent. But all the fights in the middle range from, like, mediocre bad to mediocre kind of okay. It just depends on which fight it is. Uh, but mm -hmm. nothing really stood out as, like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, you know, you know, fantastic. Because if there's one thing I'll give the 95 movie, like the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight and the Reptile Liu Kang fight is just so much better than anything else in that um, in that movie in terms of fights. And they don't quick cut it nearly as much that it like they stand out and the sets that they're in stand out, too. It becomes an actual highlight of the film. This movie kind of felt like everything kind of blended together other than the first fight and the last fight, just because of just how everything kind of worked. Um, but yeah. But, you know, do like I actually think that this film does have the potential to be a good starting off point. But I will say that if they do make a sequel to this, they really need new writers and a new director. And like, I think most of the cast needs to like go away and they just hire new people uh, just to either replace certain roles or just bring in new characters since the Mortal Kombat character uh, list is actually pretty bad. It's actually pretty not bad, but good. So they could go in a lot of different directions. Uh, for the most part, but overall, like, I would totally like to revisit this film, like, in another couple of years, just to see how well it holds up, but for me, I'm probably gonna give this, as far as, like, a star review, like, maybe, like, a 3, or, like, a 3.5, you know, like, out of 5 stars, just because, like, it kind of met expectations for me, but it didn't really do anything that would make it worthy of praising, and that's kind of my two cents for it. Yeah, I'm surprised you, you say, like, you know, recast, like, you seem happy with the cast, right? Because... It wasn't like I, I'm talking about like mainly like the people that um, like basically the pe like the characters in the movie that died. Like, so like, I would never replace Sub Zero or Scorpion. Yeah, Sub Zero uh, died, but we know he's coming back as yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Like like it's not that I'm talking like for example like the like the chick who played Sonya. I would recast her. She wasn't really doing much for me. She wasn't she bad. Was serviceable. But, yeah, I think she was bad. Yeah, like um. Like, like also, she's no Sandra Hess, but you know. yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, she's not a she's definitely no <laughs> Sandra Hess. Um, but like also, uh, if they ever, um, if they ever decide to bring back uh, some of, like basically some of the other characters, like like what was that like Succubus's name, Narita or whatever. Natara. Yeah, yeah, Natara. Like definitely, like definitely recast her if they bring her back. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know <laughs> why. Like she didn't say anything. Also, uh, she, like. She, and also, Josh, just to kind of like you know, kind of like crap on you for a minute or two. Whoever they got to play, whoever whoever they got to play, Melina did not do a good job, and she was kind of the low point for me. I, did yeah, not I'm like kind of iffy on Melina. That's why when you said, "There's your girl," when she comes up, I was like, "Yep, there's there's my girl." I don't care. Um, <laughs> she was uh, okay, and her character was very underused, um, and she ain't coming back. She's fucking dead, unless you know they'll bring her back anyway. Revenant. Or yeah, she gets perfect. cast to play Katana. 
since they're supposed <clears throat> to be twins. So, oh, right, yeah. Be, be it, be it, Josh. I guess um, over to you on this one now. Oh, what oh, did you think? Okay, I didn't mean to steal from you. Uh, I I told you guys the the next day that in the morning, the more I thought about it, the more pissed off I got because of how unfulfilling like the climactic you know battles were. But then the more I thought about it, I actually remember uh, quite amount of fun that we had and. My basic assessment, uh, it's definitely, uh, below what I, uh, was throwing out as my expectations in the previous episode. And I would definitely say it is a mediocre movie, but it's fun. Like, the mediocre is the worst thing that, uh, I could say about a movie, because that means it's, like, not even worth talking about, where something bad like Annihilation is at least fun. This one's mediocre, but I did have fun, even in the during the part I worried I would uh, be bored at, i.e. the going to the temple and the whole mid part of the movie training. I knew that's what the story was going to be, but I had fun because I liked the way the actors played off each other, Kung Lao especially, and, you know, pissing off Kano. And surprise, surprise, Cabal was really memorable. I was worried he'd be cannon fodder, and he was like one of the best parts of the movie outside of Kano. He was. But, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to have that much, like, sassy dialogue is great that that helped carry the middle of the movie but overall it's exactly what i expected when i initially heard what the basic plot was going to be and where the beginning uh not the scorpion sub-zero fight but like the beginning is like off the walls crazy uh the opening with scorpion sub-zero though was probably the best thing in the movie like joe talcim my God, like I knew he was going to be the MVP, but in that first scene where he's, you know, acting without his mask and just approaching Hanzo's wife and kid and just being like fake friendly with them. And, you know, you could tell they're terrified for their lives. I'm like, that was tense. I would love to it's see unsettling, yeah. a period piece drama, like with a more fleshed out story with them, because that was great. And and Hiroki Sonata, you know, when he comes out, it's like, Beyond! Dude, yeah, yeah, that was like that sold me on angry Hanzo. Yeah, and you were worried about him, like how he sounded. I was worried about his get over here, which uh, to fast forward, they changed it, and I think they yeah. made it worse. Really? <laughs> I don't I even know was, if that's Hiroki Sonata saying it. I can't remember. I was because I was getting to like the trailer version, and then they they obviously redid it, uh, and I I can't remember what it sounds like. I'd have to watch it again. But that was a wham bang opening, and then just. Getting used to Cole and having the boring family shit lasts all of three minutes before it goes off the walls. And that's exactly what, you know, that I had heard that, you know, Sub-Zero just shows up and fucks things up. And I was having a lot of fun. And the, I think I mentioned the fights are kind of mad, but the, I, the one memorable fight for me was Jax versus Sub-Zero. Possibly because I, I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't hinted at in the trailers. They didn't show a clip from it. And it was just great Wait. to see. I mean, they yeah, showed mean? in the trailer he freezes he, he freezes the gun and then he freezes Jax's arms, and I figured yeah, that's yeah. But what everything else out of that, huh? That scene was everything else in that scene was kind of I don't know, like huh? Jax Jax was moving like super like slow and oh really? Like, it just like like yeah, like yeah. your input's going to be interesting because you're you're definitely more of a consumer of, of martial arts movies and stuff, but. I don't know, I guess part of it was just the unexpectedness of it, and just, like, the, the energy of, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah, Jax, fight back, beat this motherfucker, mm. and just the brutality 
uh, to borrow a word, um, with how, you know, Sub-Zero just, like, after he's broken his arm, just throws him off the edge. Oh, God that, damn, Sub-Zero's yeah. mean. Um, <laughs> Sub-Zero's also the worst assassin. He's a fucking assassin, right? So mm. he, he breaks off a guy's arms and cauterizes him and leaves him be. <clears throat> and in the beginning, he, he stabs Hanzo in the shoulder after, like, maybe slicing his chest a little bit and just leaves him for dead. You're an assassin, dude. Rip his spine out. Um... Yeah, worst assassin ever but uh after that yeah it dips and i kano is great but at the same time and i think elliot might agree with me he's also not very threatening as kano uh and i could see how maybe he might get a little overbearing but he literally is the only person of energy because like he's ad-libbing everything uh yeah. and like i wonder uh if when like uh uh ludy jen it's like you have much to learn, and touches his shoulders like the fuck, which is the best. Like I've I, I've talked to like two different groups who've watched it, a group of friends who've watched it. They all lost it at that. I lost it at that, and I was wondering <laughs> like that's obviously ad libbed. I wonder if Ludi Jin knew that he was going to do that because if he didn't, and I were Ludi Jin, I I would Ludi break Lin. I would break down at that part. I would just lose it, Jeez. and they'd have to like trash the take. <laughs> He probably he probably just stayed in character. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how He's that works. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how yeah. that works. But uh, you know, despite my reservations, you know, like Kano not being as threatening, and I actually wanted him to be a good guy because that's apparently what the plot was, and they just kind of reverted to having him betray him at the end, which you know it works. But uh, he did carry the middle of the movie, and overall, I thought the mythology and the the building up of the training was great and we had the fan moments of seeing Kung Lao show up as you know proper and then it just kind of petered out when it was like you know the random fights at the end where i kind of like that they were all edited together like it's just frantic everyone's fighting but i can't really say any fight uh outside the ones i mentioned really stood out especially at the end where scorpion and cole young team up uh that should have been the big hype moment, but I don't remember much from that fight. It just felt kind of eh. And Scorpion mm -hmm. felt underused. Molina was underused. Uh, I talked about the previous episode that I was really starting to think I might like Shang Tsung. I didn't like him. He was bland, bland toast. Yeah, he's definitely on my like... list. He's definitely on my list of bad things for that movie. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, but I kind of like just to kind of interject here. I kind of don't want to throw too much bad at Shang Tsung just because I mean when you're comparing yourself to um like freaking <laughs> I mean I don't want to have to compare every time to Kerry Tagawa because there yeah. have been other people who have done the role well yeah so uh and it doesn't have to be his you know he could be characterized differently they could do different things of it and here it was just the story beats I had heard about before we watched the movie was that he was you know, very concerned about doing good for the people of Outworld and, you know, wanting to win over Earthrealm so he could better his people. And that made him seem like, that's an interesting take. But none of that was in this, in the final script. And, yeah, it was just bland toast. Uh, and, like, his best line in the trailer is delivered much more weaker in the actual movie to, you know, no matter how many people you put in the ground. Mm. And, uh... On the other side, though, the person I was worried I wouldn't like, Raiden, I actually loved him. Well, maybe not quite loved, but he definitely fulfilled, like, Raiden feels 
intimidating and fatherly and you know he's a little he's a little deadbeat he's a little like yeah whatever a little pessimistic uh, yeah yeah yeah. i kind of i kind of dug that but you know i i i respected him as a thunder god or as an elder god as they incorrectly call him um (laughs) as a fan tick that annoyed me but uh yeah by the end of the movie i was kind of like yeah it fizzled out the end uh and basically when the credits rolled and you know, the stupid dubstep remix. I was just like, okay, that's a movie. Um, but uh, I do want to watch it again. So uh, if, if I had to put it in stars like Jay did, uh, 2.5 to 3 out of 5. 2.5 severed heads. <laughs> cool. Uh, and yeah, the fatalities are cool, oh. but I wished... Uh, it, it kind of takes some of the punch out of them when they're like CG fatalities. And we'll probably yeah, they, some of them look really good though. I mean, Atara's was like, oh my god. Um, but I don't know. Like, it seemed to be more visceral if there was a little more Tom Savini stuff going on. You know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, same in the martial arts too, because uh, I think the fights. I think. They were performed well. I just don't think they were filmed well because, like, I didn't yeah. feel a lot of oomph from them, and it just mm-hmm. quick cut it a lot. And I just kind of felt like I was going through the motions of the fights, and that was the biggest offense. Like, the movie could be shitty with a plot and everything else, but if the fights are something that you're wanting to gonna rewind to all the time, then that at least makes up for it. Because even Annihilation had great fights. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, they're silly, but they're still like impressive. Yeah, this really entertaining martial arts fights. Um, these just kind of like I, I like I said, I can't remember, I can't tell you what the most memorable fight was. Like, like they don't stick in my head. So that that's the main thing that bothers me. And the and the soundtrack kind of sucked. But <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's about my assessment. So I'll I'll move it on to you, Senior Elliot. You go ahead, Elliot. Um. Okay. So I thought it was. Uh kind of a fascinating depiction underneath the surface of this Mortal Kombat movie of how the moon landings were faked by Stanley Kubrick. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. You lot. could see some of the murals in the cave are like space shuttles. Yeah, yeah you know? Like are. in The Shining, how they the, the they're shaped like They're shaped like rockets. Yeah. I don't know, kind of, kind of interesting. I don't know. Uh, and also thought it was interesting that the, if you look at the... Uh, uh, what's the word? The initials of the title, Mortal Kombat, is MK, which made me start thinking maybe this was about the MK Ultra program. Oh my god! <laughs> small aside, can I do a small? Oh. Can I do a small interjection? There was a failed, not uh, produced, produced but not released uh, project called. Uh, it was basically going to have girl Powerpuff girl type characters for the female characters in Mortal Kombat and it was going to be aimed at kids mm. um, and it was going to be really cute and it was called, I shit you not MK Ultra Girls what? yeah wow. and that's where you're like wow maybe all this conspiracy stuff is true <laughs> <laughs> dude, d- d- dude dude my tinfoil hat is tingling right now yeah that's like how, uh, anyway um, <laughs> in all seriousness though I, I have a fairly similar reaction I think to Josh uh, you know this is a this is a movie that's about the fights and the martial arts, or it should be. And they were competent, but they weren't memorable. Uh, there was nothing I felt particularly iconic about the movie. 
and that's I think what kind of bothered me. It's like there were certain things that if you just look at it like strictly as far as like execution, it's more well done in certain areas than the original movie was. Uh, but you know, you're also looking at like different special effects standards and that kind of stuff yeah. in the in the in the decades that have passed. But like, uh, you know, the choreography was good. It was well done, but it wasn't memorable. There wasn't anything that really stuck about a lot of the fights. And I think a lot of that had to do not just with the fights, but also with like the pacing in between them. There's not like a lot of buildup of tension. You don't get the sense of like what the next fight is going to be or where it could come from often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like suddenly here's the character. And now they got to fight. Uh, there was a little bit of like a through line with Scorpion hunting for the characters or not Scorpion, uh, Sub-Zero hunting for the characters that kind of led more organically into the fights. But some of the other ones, it was just like, Oh, all of a sudden, characters have showed up magically in this place fight scene happens and they all pick their yeah. opponents too yeah and they all pick their opponents which that doesn't so mean that Jax goes like i want reiko i got a score to settle and it's like wouldn't your score to settle be with sub-zero yeah the thing, the thing I, I realized was that most of them have a score to settle with sub-zero so if they chose then they would all fight sub-zero <laughs> which i was a, their plan was to all yeah. team up and fight him together and that doesn't happen um either which was strange but uh I think like the the original movie had that. I don't want to compare it too much to the original movie, but it did have like the tournament setting, right? Yeah, that was a good structure because you could have the fighting happening in between the actual tournament fights, and then you could have the actual tournament fights as like a structure. So you had like set pieces that you knew were coming up because there were arranged matches happening, and then a little bit of stuff happening in between. Um, whereas this movie, it, it didn't. It didn't really like. I guess like there wasn't like a sense of like uh, what what's the word I'm looking for like there just wasn't like a good sense of like plot structure that the fights fit into. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I mean I don't mind the plot not having to do with a tournament. It's you know him trying to do away with the champions, but yeah, so it's, that's it, fine. It's like a cloak and dagger movie, but yeah, it's the fights just seem to like be like well we're supposed to have fights as Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like if if the characters who were in training uh, with Raiden had like some sort of quest or objective beyond just like training that they were going someplace that would at least like give a bit of a sense of like a goal, you know, because like, I what felt if they like were the, trying the to find the like the next fighter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like I feel like the goal of the characters was, was basically just like fight each other, get strong and mm. then never get chance to do this because characters suddenly show up and then you get strong (laughs) there were just there were some plot pacing issues there but i felt like as far as the fights went like yeah you think about the goro fight in the original movie and it's like this thing they build up to it you know goro is like foreshadowed early he Mm -hmm. you see him sitting around for a while and you get the sense that he's like the most powerful guy and it's building up to it so they finally fight him it's kind of a big deal Mm -hmm. whereas in this movie he just kind of shows up suddenly and there's a cool fight and then it's over and yeah on to the next scene uh but it's kind of weird because like i didn't dislike the movie either i just didn't think it was uh i didn't think there was anything particularly remarkable about it i didn't think there was anything that was super memorable uh 20 years from now are people going to be talking about this movie probably not they're still going to be talking about the original yeah yeah uh, which is sad because, like, when you think about it, probably, like, the biggest atrocity that this movie made is that there's a lot of, like, really good seasoned talent in this film, like Hiroyuki Sonata um, and Joe Tassam and all them. And they just, and it kind of felt like that they, well, maybe, like, maybe not Joe Tassam, but Hiroyuki Sonata feels very wasted in this movie, considering his talent level. And also, like, the, the main character, 
Cole? Or was oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot to mention yeah. him. Yeah. Cole Young. Block of wood. Yeah, Vanilla Toast. Like, if you're, if you're going to introduce a new character, I guess that's cool. Uh, but, like, make him interesting? You know, we had a much better cool. original character in the first Mortal Kombat movie. His name's Art Lean. <laughs> and he, Which one was he? He was the black dude that fights Goro, that befriends Johnny Cage. And there was supposed oh, to be right. more of him. And he kind of, he had personality. And he was a really cool dude. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cole like the, the, the the characters weren't, and you know, uh, it's it's a not meant to be like a stunning drama on the human. No, I hate when people are like, "What do you expect? It's not supposed to be Shakespeare." It's like I expect a fun, you know. Yeah, but you, you know, there's still there's still like a benchmark that's been set by other movies for decent characterization in movies, yeah. and uh, you know, I can I can certainly switch my brain off and enjoy something on a fun level, but mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't mean that oh, I wait till we see like, Annihilation. Oh. Yeah, uh, but it also doesn't mean like you know you can't criticize something for having issues. Like you've got fifty five million dollars, which isn't a huge budget, but that's still uh, that's a bigger budget than Kill Bill had. So uh, really, yeah. wow, wow, <laughs> like wow. Kill Bill collectively or like uh, I think Kill Bill was a forty million total. Interesting. Could be wrong, but they filmed it all at once, and they filmed it in China. A lot of it for dirt, like uh, cheaper. Oh, money. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. Whoa, Kill Bill One was thirty million budget. Damn! Holy crap! But <laughs> I think that... that's. I think that it was. Uh... Let me double check that. There's not. Well, there like there also. I don't remember. There wasn't a lot of like CG or like big time special effects. There was no could... CG in that movie. Yeah. Well, so... uh, or the plane landing, or was that a miniature? That was a miniature. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a miniature. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, you madman. <laughs> okay, so apparently, so I think it, it says it was thirty million for Volume One and Volume Two, but I'm pretty sure that it, the whole thing was a forty million budget because they shot it all at once. Oh, uh, okay. I was reading a another article about it uh, a few weeks ago, but because originally it wasn't split into Volume One and Two, right? Um, they were going to be a three-hour movie. That happened in the edit when it was a four-hour movie, and uh, they didn't want to try and release a four-hour movie, so then they chose to split it up, but it was originally one movie. It's funny that um, you bring up Kill Bill, since the whole Kano-Sonya fight scene in her, like, you know, shitty house reminded us of the trailer fight. Yeah, it does kind of remind me of the Ellie Driver uh, trailer fight, just not as good. You know, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of good. the problem with, that's kind of the problem, I think, with this movie, is that when when you look at the different parts of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, there was, like, a little bit of this obviously it was an inspiration for that scene or, i don't even know if it was an inspiration or if it was coincidental but, or for coincidental but whatever the case there's something reminiscent of other s- things but they were done better in other movies you mm-hmm. know uh, so maybe yeah. this was just me <laughs> uh but it's like you know sonya says i don't have two million dollars i live in this shithole and i'm like you got a lot of space lady i, I would love your place i'd love a little shitty <laughs> farmhouse with my giant hangar full of conspiracy shit stuff yeah that was a pretty nice that was a pretty nice 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 shithole yeah i love i love that shithole i didn't understand the three million thing why would why would kano believe that doesn't make that's a good point maybe he's stupid Mm. well i mean she maybe he just assumes you're special forces you make a lot of money right also the excuse like he's like uh he's like he like he calls her out on it's like you live you live in this trailer how do you have three million and she says like hey i grew up here (laughs) like back off and like that's not a rebuttal to why you don't have three million. Oh, maybe <laughs> sentimental. You want to keep the farmhouse or whatever. What I don't understand yeah. is uh, Cabal promises him money uh, if he works with Shang Tsung. Where does Shang Tsung get the money? 
I don't he, know. Same thing he, in the 95 movie. It. Kano he, asks, when's he going to get paid? So does like, Shang Tsung have a little money laundering operation going on in Earthrealm to I mean, pay I his, mean, yeah. You know? I mean, have you seen Shang Tsung's uh, you know, trench coat jacket that he had in the 95 movie? That's that true. Was, he that probably got worth... that in New York somewhere. Yeah. So he's, pro- so he's probably got money. And plus, like, you're a freaking sorcerer. Like, you can just conjure up the money out of thin air. Or, like, if you conquer the Earth, it's like, hey, Kano, instead of money, you, you just want the entire country of Australia. Like, here, just take the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the kano stuff too like i mentioned when we were watching the movie he felt like the craft beer version of kano to me i love that you you had said that while we were watching it because someone else on the internet i was poking around said he looks like a guy that would open up a vegan burger truck yeah definitely yeah. like he's he's supposed to be a villain but they play him as comic relief to such an extent that he doesn't actually feel like a villain at any point and you know like his his fate is like determined i mean once he turns coat i did feel a little threatened by him you know when he was oh, coming really? to fuck up sonya a little mm-hmm. bit i didn't but uh i think like there, there's not that not to play script doctor on the movie but like they could have done like a couple simple little things to make kano like feel like more of a villain and like mm-hmm. i think if they'd started the movie instead of him already having been captured but you start the movie with kano betraying cabal or whatever that created the beef between the two of them right yeah and have that happen around the same time that uh sonya captures kano so you can see like how that, much make of that like he is. yeah make that like your opening setup do a cool action sequence something there and then capture him and then uh and then later when cabal comes back is like what he is it would be a little more impactful. Because for me, like, I don't know who the fuck Cobalt Yeah, is. it's like, that's so, totally a fan-winky thing. Like, you wouldn't know yeah. that they had Like, he looked cool. He looked cool. He had cool cool swords. Yeah. And yeah. He, had, he had a good uh, presence, but I didn't know anything about him as a character, so it kind of fell a little flat on me. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the... I feel like the original movie did a good job introducing characters I didn't know about and making me at least understand them in the context of the movie. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, I... I did feel like there was a little bit of like, if, if you know, you know, and if you don't, the importance of things. Yeah. With this movie, they tried to cram in so many characters and, and keep true to their stories where in the 95 movie, they understood that this is a movie. So like, well, let's give at least three protagonists that are relatable, you know, Sonya Liu Kang and Johnny Cage and have them get introduced to this crazy world. And we'll condense Mm -hmm. some characters into, Cannon fodder rolls, Scorpion and Sub Zero, and you know, explain everyone else, and it works. Yeah. Whereas here yeah. you have walk-on rolls, and it's not that much different from Annihilation when we get to show you that, where it's just a walk-on roll, and if you play the games, you point and go, "Oh, it's him." Yeah. It's just like right. the games. Like who the heck is Ermac? <laughs> like who is Ermac? I don't know who that. Yeah, is. Ermac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. So yeah, I, I also would probably give it like a two and a half out of three Shattered Skulls. Uh, wished the fatalities were gorier in a way. Like I could, it was the one point in the movie where I'm not a big fan of CGI gore because I don't feel like it's particularly visceral right. to me. Uh, so when it happened, it's like, oh, that's gross. But it's not the same as like looking at like again. I'll reference like Kill Bill, like the squibs and the actual like fake blood splattering everywhere in those right. movies. you know it, it just it, it hits a little different and i felt like if they went a little more uh graphic and creative with some of the fatalities that would have been neat i really liked the one with uh lou long long lao's hat long lao. <laughs> kung, lao. <laughs> kung, kung, kung lao yeah uh 
Kung Lao's hat, and that yeah. was cool. But it was also like it was so CG. It was you so know? CG. That's also a direct reference to MK9 because he has a fatality that's pretty much just that. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, he, like except he drags the, the, the person angle. screaming into the crotch first into the hat. It's pretty awful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a movie. It's mediocre, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I didn't. I didn't feel it was short enough too that I didn't feel like I begrudged it for taking up an hour and a half or whatever of my time. Mm, you right. know? Like it, it didn't. It didn't wear its welcome out. If it had been a two and a half hour movie, I'd probably be a little cranky. Yeah, I could deal with two or half uh, two and a half hour movie if the fights are better and they did. Uh, you know made more use yeah. of the characters they had. It's crazy that the fights were as mediocre as they were, considering they had a guy from the raid in the movie. Right. You know? It's like, if you're going to get somebody from the raid in the movie, you're going to get the guy from Ishii the Killer in the movie. Like, and like I said, you... I don't think the problem was the choreography itself. It was the way they filmed it. Yeah. yeah There's nothing like, impactful about it. Yeah, but like, if you're going to if you're gonna go that far to get that kind of talent in your movie, why don't you just, like, go a little further and, like... Mm. do more with the fight scenes because again like not to just keep on bringing up kill bill but cheap, lower budget better fight scenes and it's, a, and it's all together it was a four hour worth of movie too so like what's the excuse like i really wonder like what's the excuse look at the raid the raid had a like a four million dollar budget and it's those visceral fights are incredible. Yeah. yeah yeah actually it had a one million dollar budget one Jesus, million jesus yeah, I think that was yeah. the thing. The Raid 1 was like they had so little money, so that's why it's one set. And the Raid 2 is the movie they wanted to make. But I know there'll be disagreement. The Raid 1, to me, is better because of just how visceral it is. Yeah. And no, I mean, they, I think... they focus on the fights. Dude, the Raid yeah. 2 had $4 million budget. <laughs> yeah, there you go. still, the, yeah. their combined budget is $5 million, which yeah. is $50 million less than Mortal Kombat in the yeah. fights. Any one of those fights is better than any fight in this movie. So, yeah. I, you know... It, if you're if you're looking for like i don't know just like the the gold standard of action you know you don't those movies didn't necessarily have like the most like deeply drawn complex characters either but they're still really good and impactful movies i think mm-hmm. mortal, mortal Kombat could take some notes it's strange to me that it kind of wound up that way yeah uh, i think ultimately it has to do with direction i was going to say that like yeah. the fact cuz like by the time the the raid you know director gareth evans did that he had like he had two or three movies under his belt something like that mm. um but he also was very collaborative with like the a- action team on set yeah and he was a big fan of action movies so he kind of studied that like that was like he just loved that and he studied it yeah it shows because he like knows how to make things impactful and that that was a complaint of mine is that a lot of the fights Oh, I, I don't know if I don't want to jump in. If, if oh, I was just gonna say my my last point, I guess, was like it, it, it does kind of feel like this wasn't a labor of love as much as it was like a job for a lot of the people involved. Hmm. Which I think, like the original movie, I have you know criticisms of it, but it does feel like a labor of love. Yeah, uh, this one didn't have the same vibe. Anyway, that's my yeah. closing remarks. <laughs> um, so I watched it again yesterday. Oh. Uh, I showed it to my brother, so we watched it again. And honestly, I think I like it a little bit more the second time I watched it. Hmm. Uh, I, I was in the same boat as you guys when I, after watching the first time, where it's like it's it's okay, it's not terrible, it's not great, but I had fun watching it. And I think 
watching it the second time, having my expectations, like knowing what's coming and knowing what to not to expect made it a more interesting, made it a more enjoyable movie, I guess. But I could also focus on a lot of what's wrong with it. And that also stood out to me, which I, like you guys said, the fight scenes are well, well choreographed, but yeah, it's not well shot or edited together, which I think the editing is probably the biggest, my yeah. biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. Like, it it does use, it does use some quick cut editing, not like the most egregious thing ever. I've seen a lot worse, but the fact that I can tell when they're quick cut editing is, is definitely a problem. Well, it's not just quick cut editing. It's just, it's like transitions between scenes are so weird and awkward. Like, yeah, hmm. the pacing is very weird. Yeah, because like, like for example, the 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 first scene with uh, you know back in the 1600s with you know Scorpion and Sub Zero and the village and all that stuff feels like it's shot and directed by a different person. It very than well the may rest have been. Of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like you had like slow moments where you know him and his wife or you know they're just living the life and he's going to get water and it's like. It's like a different mood, and you know, once Sub Zero shows up, it's like, it's like this unsettling feeling of just menacing like aura around him, and it's just it feels different. And then once you know, you know, uh, Scorpion finds out that his family's dead, he just has like rage that just feels different from anything else in the movie, and you just everything in that scene felt different. And then when you get to the next part of the movie, it just downgrades. Yeah. To like just to, to campy and it's weird. Not not campy, but just like a I don't know sea level type of action well, movie. To, I don't know. To me, it's weird squ- that they made that decision uh, yeah. to have the character with the most emotional like, <laughs> arc in the in the movie being Scorpion, like the original Scorpion, to not be the main character. You know. I wonder if it's that. I wonder if the actor was like couldn't be there the whole time. I don't, I don't know, know if that's it. Sure, but... I, I have a feeling they had the whole plot nailed and they just need to do a through line. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because like, the, the, the idea of having Cole Young be the protagonist was like from the beginning. Right. Like, that was like supposedly there was thing, an article right? release that said that was actually a mandate from the studio that said mm-hmm. we want an original character and they just had to work with it. So, uh, and they just decided to make Scorpion the through line. But yeah, it would have been... It feels like they lifted it entirely from Legacy, where they had the same exact story uh, showing Scorpion's family get killed in Legacy, and it just felt like they did that only better, just to have like the, the kick-you-in-the-balls moment for the beginning of the movie to get you hooked, and then they just went yeah. with the rest of their script. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, this this was supposed to be done by him, right? So Yeah. By that director, right? So maybe they... I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just... it's It's a weird movie. I don't hate it at all uh i don't it's not like it's not a a favorite of mine it's not like one of those movies that i'll like recommend really but i also don't think it's like i don't think it's not worth seeing i guess it it, it's a fun movie for the most part especially for like kano like characters like kano and you know i for me personally kung lao i just i i liked his portrayal in the movie um, oh, like Kung Lao was a highlight for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I I I didn't have a problem with most of the cast. I do, I I like Louis Tan, the the guy who plays Cole. I like him in general. I don't think he was given much to do. I mean, even though he's a main character, it just he wasn't given any personality, which is weird. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that and cool I, moment I don't know where he hopped over the fence and did that roll. <laughs> yeah, it's an action. I mean, he does a lot of action in this movie. Like, oh, no. this, yeah, it's. I, I don't know if it's the fault of the actor or the script, but I yeah, can't tell. Yeah, I was looking. I if you recall, I was looking forward to him because I thought the actor seemed charming and the stuff I've seen him in. Yeah, and it was just yeah, it was, it was nothing. It's weird. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, some characters. Yeah, I feel like they could have given a bit more. Like Sonya Blade. Well, I think she. I didn't mind her and she was all right i feel like they could have leaned more into the well i don't know if i wanted to lead more into the conspiracy side of things but make her a bit more eccentric i guess hmm like make her obsessed with this whole tournament that she can't find enough information on but she knows something's going on i don't know i think her motivation to want to get into the tournament could have been used as like an interesting thing yeah because she didn't have a dragon marking like why didn't why try and capture Kano when she could kill Kano and take his thing? You know exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. he, he goads her into doing just that, like yeah. minutes later, but she she doesn't do it. Mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie, and I I tried my best to keep my expectations low, but every time I watched that trailer, I was like, oh, this. Yeah. This Once could again, be good. I get fooled by a trailer. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think it was. I don't. I still don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was fun. Yeah, at the I very least, it was that... fun. Like, it is a mediocre movie, but I can't say it was boring, so I'm not mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. like, pissed off. Yeah. I just wish that... Yeah, honestly, I just wish they chose a different director. I just yeah. wish that they had a director who, one, had more experience, and two, um, seemed more interested in fight choreography and action. And I think that's the other thing, too, impactful. is that this feels like a setup for sequels, like was mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. And that's the thing that does piss me off for. It's like every movie now is just going to be a setup if it's part of a franchise to, to see better stuff. It's like, well, no, show me all the cool shit now. So I want more. Yeah. Don't tease yeah. me with shit, you know? Yeah. And like, like if they do I, make another one and we see the tournament in Shang Tsung's Island, cool. But yeah, please get a better, uh, more experienced director, get a better writer and figure out how to fucking film action for Christ's sakes. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, that was another thing. Like, I felt like the action in the first fight with Sub-Zero and Scorpion and the Link Way, like, that looked cool and felt kinetic and impactful in a way that everything else didn't. Yeah. I think it which helped too. Weird. There, was, there was emotion in that fight, too, which I think, yeah. you know, yeah. like a good, a good fight That's always should important. Have, like, should have some emotional stake happening. You know? Emotion, it should have some character, it should have, like, a reason for these people to fight. Yeah. yeah. I was I was missing the fight scene where someone just randomly tells someone, use the element which brings life. <laughs> well, you see Scorpion running away from those water buckets. I'm like, wait, dude, you're going to need those. Yeah, you're going to need those. Yeah, you need those man. I yeah. feel that was a reference. So. <laughs> I, that would be funny if it was. The, um, the, there, There is like one like little complaint, though, that this movie, I think, was trying to think how clever it was, and I really started getting tired of it after a while, is the little like sort of like a fan service references it kept throwing out. I think I was the only one out of the three of us that was really just kind of like bothered by that after a while. At first you it was You mean like funny all the little lore stuff? Well, not the lore stuff. Like we saw like a picture of Kotakan in there. Yeah, you seem pretty like, excited about seeing him. Yeah, yeah, I was excited about that. But here's the thing I wasn't too excited about, even though I thought it was kind of funny at the time. But the more I think about it, the more I dislike it. Like when Liu Kang is fighting Kano, right? And then oh, you're going to mention that. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Come and, on, and then, I and, love and, that. and then he beats him by just sweeping him like three or four, like three or four times. And at first, I was like, "Yeah, I like it," but then I'm like, 
yeah, this is so winky winky to the game, and just it, it kind of started bothering me a little bit. And then of course the whole, hey Cole, use the uppercut, Dad, use get, your uppercut. Yeah, like the, the first uppercut time, was worse. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was. It was worse. See, the, <laughs> see, the first time, the first time it was cute. The second time, I kind of cringed. Um, and he actually bit. didn't uppercut either of those times, did he? It would have been funny. No, if, he did the if, second time. If it, okay. if it happened again, and it was like. Uh, like one of those like slow motion like hearing a voice from your memory thing. Oh my god! Use, the Use a force loop. <laughs> oh, that's right. The uppercut. Yeah, Jay, you, you're just upset about the sweep because I did that to you in Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade. Lol. Yeah, but I did that to you as well in Mortal Kombat the arcade. <laughs> no, I think that was perfectly cute. Just wait, wait, scene. That was great, especially but... when he like. He hops and he hops. He's like, oh crap! And he gets kicked again. It's like, yeah, that's what we do. Like if you if someone's doing it a bunch of time, you try to jump. And then they're gonna do it again, and you're just gonna fall and get hit again. So I I, I love this the sweep joke. That was watching great. watching as a non fan who picks up on these things. I didn't I didn't get the impression that that was like a wink wink moment. Right. It, well, I guess it, that, apparently it was, but it I mean did, it was it just because me like anybody way. playing the old games is just gonna spam yeah. one move, and yeah. it definitely was if you played a couple of them. Uh, mm. It, That's kind of funny. Coming out with, with, with coming in without any of that reference, though, did it feel like strange or just no. kind of amusing? I thought it was funny. Yeah, because you know the whole point is Kano. Even though he's a, a ruthless killer, he's not an experienced martial artist. So you know, of course, yeah. Liu Kang is going to show him up. Yeah, it's like that. That whole thing, though, for me, like that, like little bit of criticism is really, honestly, just me being like super picky about it. But I just remember yeah. kind of reflecting on it, thinking like, I think the movie did this just a little too much. Like, a, if they do it a little bit, it's fine. I think it's perfectly acceptable. But I kind of felt like they they leaned in on it a bit too much at times. Where I'm like, okay, get like, okay, movie, I get it. Like, yes, like here's some wink, wink, nudge, studs to the game. I get it. Like, this is like the fifth or sixth time I've seen this. <laughs> um, yeah, they only did it like three times. Uh, no, nah, but the I like sweet thing. He did it like four. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, like a reference to the like fighting game aspect of oh. Mortal Kombat. Like, well, there was a, Dad use your uppercut, and there yeah. was a sweet thing. And what else was there besides the Dad, special moves? D- d- Dad use your uppercut again at the end of the movie. I count that because they made the same reference again. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, and then of course, like what there's a. Like the like the whole idea about how they got like some of their powers, like how Kano gets like the laser eye, which is actually like more of like a finishing move, but there's no cybernetic in him, which I thought was kind of like eh. it's not really a fan well, service thing. Now that like he's been problem. impaled with a garden gnome, I guess they're gonna have to repair him up. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah. so. <laughs> That's probably yeah. what's gonna happen. Well I think that they they seem to imply that what's his name is gonna bring people back to yeah. life yeah. or something. Um yeah, yeah death is just another worries. portal or some bullshit. Yeah. And like uh Canonically, Elliot, you probably don't know this, but Sub Zero, uh, do you know the character Noob Saibot? No. He's basically a ninja just made of shadow, and like he was there since MK2. Uh, and was he like, too? he, yeah, he was like one of the, he was the super ultimate secret character you fight in MK2. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, he gradually gets more and more prominent and is given a little hints at like, you know, a semblance of a story, and it's revealed. In one of the 3D PS2 era games, he's actually Sub Zero. He's the original Sub Zero resuscitated and brought back like as a demon, hmm. um, which is pretty cool. So uh, that there's already people just assuming, and the director's privy to the game's lore too. That yeah, Jill Talseem, who's already signed on for four sequels, by the way, um, <laughs> is probably going to come back as Noob Cybot, which would be cool. 
I don't mind. I want him to come back. Yeah. If there's any characters that I want him to come back, he's one of them. If I can see him come back and do, like, you know, the threatening Dr. Claw voice like Noob Saibot has in Eleven, <laughs> but only in a tall scene, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I want the guy who directed the raid to do Mortal Kombat. Jesus too. Christ, that would be so yeah. great. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Gosh, there's yeah. so many good martial art directors out there. Because, like, in the, the original Mortal Kombat, they admittedly, okay, they, they found a young Brit director who directed this real high-energy, you know, movie and think it could work great. Why don't they do something like that? Pick a guy who is, like, trying to make his own martial arts movies, who has a lot of passion, not just a guy that, no offense to this director, that just makes music videos. Um... Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking about uh, as far as picking a uh, act director. Jay, do you remember that movie Razorback? I do. That horror movie from the '80s that takes place in Australia, incidentally, about a giant killer boar. Um, it's actually pretty good, and the director had never done anything before except for uh, music videos. So, mm. incidentally, a music video occurs in the middle of the movie, yeah. but uh, like that one worked, and you know, maybe it just depends on the passion in it or whatever or whether or not it's just a job but it just feels like if you want to save money and get someone up and coming or give a new guy a chance to shine pick someone that really is passionate about action like like the, I don't, like yeah. the raid director you know but i don't think that's i don't think that's the way that they're approaching it though when it comes to like why they're picking these directors i think that the studios are at least currently with like the whole tentpole franchise structure, the studios are picking directors that aren't name directors because they can control them to exactly yeah. make the product. Yeah. That they, you know, that goes through like test audiences, which is why, as we mentioned in a previous episode that you weren't on, yeah. uh, like Gareth Edwards fucked off from Hollywood. Yeah. And he was the bigger, the bigger, the director gets, yeah. Like the bigger, the director name, the more pushback you're going to get from like, you know, them wanting to do their own vision. Man, imagine if like John Woo or somebody would make a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, or you know, I mean, it's why uh, Dorkowski sisters, you know, uh, Edgar Wright he quit Ant Man because Marvel was like, no, you have to do it our way. Are you and serious? Like, yeah. Why are you hiring me? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I guess I've been out of the loop. I didn't know Edgar Wright was going to come in and do Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, he was like the, he was the, the first trailer. I think Shit, was. that would have been amazing. Yeah, and and uh, the reason Baby Driver happened was because he was in Atlanta doing uh work on uh ant-man and it fell through so he was like oh i'm in atlanta i like this city let me make a movie here <laughs> I, I didn't know baby driver was filmed in atlanta i haven't seen baby driver yet oh yeah i know i need movie. to see it it's a good movie it's a good movie um, yeah yeah i i yeah the, the fight scenes i just wish they were better like uh like for example when they're doing the whole uh training in the pit and then like kung lao starts fighting uh, Cole, <clears throat> and what I liked about that was that he was fighting almost exactly like Kung Lao does in the new games, where he was doing a bunch of like moves that it just I recognized them from the from the game. It's like, oh, that's really cool. But then you look at it and it's just there's no impact, and they kind of look like they're just kind of sparring, which I guess is kind of what they're supposed to be doing. But it just it felt low impact, like there was no, there's no energy. Yeah, this felt one, like two guys kind of practicing. One, yeah, one thing that like, uh, and this is, and this is kind of like, it kind of leads into my little last criticism about like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, fan servicey stuff. That was 
fine, but it made me realize something I didn't think about before. In the original 95 movie, they're, like, the martial arts that are being displayed there are being done, but no one's really doing, like, you know, signature moves from the game until either the last hit or, like, it's like a one-off. Like, Johnny Cage does kind of a shadow kick against Scorpion, but not really. Liu Kang does his fireball at the very end. And, and his bicycle he does, kick. Yeah, yeah, and he does his bicycle kick at the very end. But other than those specific key moves... They're not really doing anything, you know, that was in the game at the time. They're just doing, like, you know, normal martial arts things. So it flows a bit better and more organic. And I kind of wish they would have, you know, done more of that. It's pretty obvious mm. from some of their fighting moves that the director is telling them, mm. hey, Kung Lao, you need to do this specific move. Well, I mean, and I don't, I don't know if care. that's the case for uh, most of the fights. Because, like, Jack's done doing anything. What's his signature move? His signature move is gotcha, boom, boom, boom. And he doesn't do that. Yeah, but Jax doesn't really fight all that much, unfortunately. He fights he has like two twice. Fights, yeah. yeah, and they're over pretty but quick. I, or two point five. I didn't have a problem with that aspect of it. I I would have been pissed off if like Kung Lao didn't throw a hat until the end. Like, <laughs> I like the fact that he was throwing his hat all his literally his entrance. entrance. <laughs> his entrance was him throwing a hat around the corner, it landing on the ground, and then he teleports up into it. Like, come on, I I don't mind that at all. Like that's fine. Like having uh, Liu Kang being able to use the fire as his power throughout the whole movie, I was like, "That's cool." Like he, because when he fight, like he fought um, Cabal, he's punching him and he's doing like fire punches or whatever. Right, like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't incidentally mind. just like the game, yeah. just like the game. Because it worked <laughs> for those characters too, because like they were they were established as experienced right. yeah. warriors who were teaching the other guys how to do mm-hmm. the things so they could be cool like that. So it kind of made sense there. Yeah, it made sense for them. It didn't make sense for why Sonya, as soon as she got her arcana, right. she was able to use her ring uh, blast thing immediately like to save uh, Cole at the end. And you could argue that, well, maybe her beating Kano was emotionally intense enough that it also made her arcana. Because that's like the key. Well, it's not just training. It's like you've got to have an emotional... Something happened. You know, Jax yeah. is freaking out because he can't rescue Sonya, and then his uh, uh, arms grow. That's just... <sighs> his, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if his arcana is that he controls metal or if he has strength. I think the way the arcana work, if we're going to give the writers more credit and actually put thought into, like, how it works, I think it's just... It's it's a spur-of-the-moment thing, and it has to depend on what your physical situation is at the time and what your mental state is at the time. So Jax... He's trying to use his weak arms, so it comes out, and his arms are big. And uh, Cole, literal plot armor is his arcana, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literal plot armor. The the I've, I was I was watching like I tried to watch as few like reviews on YouTube as I could, but I watched one that I and one guy who like his training in like jujitsu or whatever. He pointed out something that I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Whereas um, his fi- style of fighting is MMA, which is a lot of like guarding, ground grapples and, and stuff. Yeah, guarding and grappling and stuff like that. And his style, or what he learned to do, because he was in the beginning of the movie when he first fought in the cage, the old guy uh, was like, "Oh, you don't know how to defend. You just attack. You don't, you don't know how to defend or control the, uh, what do you call it, the the ring or whatever." So when he starts to fight Goro. I guess he starts to control the ring, I guess, hmm. in trying to protect his family. So he wasn't just attacking because it's a huge dude. He was trying to, like, get around him. And I guess his arcana, 
reflected him wanting to defend instead of attack. So, so then that's armor. why I gave him armor that absorbs hits so that he can attack harder. Interesting. So, I would I would have liked them uh, ex- more explicitly showing that the armor is actually absorbing like energy from hits or something. Well, that's kind of what they did in the beginning. Was like when he like first gets hit by Goro, he has like this glowing slash on his chest. All right. That kind of that kind of spreads across his armor, oh. and then he's able to get back into the fight. And then once he gets hit, like there's a time where like Goro's like punching him over and over and over and over again, and then he absorbs it a bunch, and then that's when he gets his weapons. Because he, he kind of uh, spreads out his energy to wherever he needs it to be. Which huh. I guess, I mean, that that's cool and all. It just, one, I wish it looked cooler. Like, the, the armor looked kind of lame. Yeah. And also, yeah. I wish it was more... It's like he was wearing wicker furniture. Yeah, yeah it did. It People did. have been saying exactly that, actually. It's like oh, a really? picture of a wicker chair, and it's like, here's Cole's new armor. Yeah. <laughs> but I also wish it was a full body thing. Like, it's weird that it's only covering his, like, torso. Yeah, leaving the most... In Mortal Kombat, your head is one of the most vulnerable places. Yeah. Right. You know? Exactly. It's so many people's heads... What if like, he got a ninja mask, too, and, like, he, he's a twin to Scorpion, you know? He gets two Shiraiu hmm. ninjas fighting. That would have been cool. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I I, I wish that, would, that felt like an afterthought, for sure. But speaking of that, like, what did you guys think of, like, the whole Arcana plot thing? I think it's a cool way to bring in special moves into a movie version of a game so we can actually have them uh, mm-hmm. without being, you know, super cheesy. Mm-hmm. But the plot device just seems like it takes up too much space and does seem kind of silly when you have to explain, you know, Jack's getting metal arms, Cole getting just armor, Kano getting in his eye laser because I guess maybe reptile clawed him there. So that's where like his emotions are centered on the most when he gets angry. I don't know. It just seems like a catch all for powers that yeah. is not going to like have like, legs like, in the future sequels. Like how do you explain Baraka? Yeah. Like I actually have like questions about like, so they made the rule that like once you kill someone that has the arcana, you end up taking it, which is why like you get like the Mortal Kombat birthmark tattoo, whatever you want to call it. But what happens if someone from Outworld takes it, which is weird because Sub-Zero was working for Outworld, so is Cabal, but they obviously are killing people that probably have Arcanas as well, which means And they never they really explain, it? like, do people from Outworld have Mortal Kombat birthmarks too, or is that just an Earthrealm thing? Yeah, 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 yeah and they never really kind of go into too much detail. Raiden, like, barely touches on it, other than, like, hey, he, hey, like, Cole needs to find his. And Cole's Arcana is kind of weird because, like, everybody kind of looks like they kind of earn them through some means, but Cole was born with his, which means that Scorpion's children probably also have no, no, the Arcana, no, no. You, like, all You're the not born of the Arcana. Like you're born of the Mark. The Mark means you can get an Arcana, but you still got to work for the Arcana. Because uh, Jax oh, does... Okay, okay. Jax was born with a thing, and he's had it all his life, but he never had an Arcana until you know, the critical moment. Yeah. I think the Arcana thing would have been, it would have worked a little better. Like I liked it in, I liked it as opposed to not having it, you know, but yeah, uh, I think it would have worked better if like whatever your power actually is, there was a little more like relevance to it, I guess, you know, like, uh, how to, how to describe, like he gets, the the armor thing cole gets the armor thing right uh and i think it's kind of implied like he gets it because he's like trying to protect his family or something mm-hmm. but like 
I feel like the 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 situation in which you find the arcana or whatever could be like related to that fight yeah a little better like uh i'm so bad at the names uh fire fist guy okay oh yeah Liu Kang. yeah Liu Kang. thank you uh like i i could see like a character like that for example getting fiery fists in like a moment of pure rage or something you know uh which supposedly you know you did hint at like like i didn't pick up on it but you said like he, he basically was about to be taken advantage of by like a trap human trafficker as a child. No, no he wasn't being no he wasn't being taken advantage of i think he was sent to kill a human trafficker oh okay uh, yeah but whatever the case like that that idea i think like it, they kind of hinted at it but i wished it had been a little bit more thought out in the other characters mm-hmm. well i think the problem like, is too you have all these already established move sets that you got to come up with ways to yeah that's true and they get yeah. so varied and disparate that you know it's like how do you explain sonya's rings yeah i don't understand <laughs> she wants to marry someone uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, there is a line in the cartoon where she says who wants to wear my ring and yeah it's pretty corny <laughs> you gotta watch that soon yeah we do um <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, Elliot will enjoy that as much as, like, say, Conquest. Uh, nah. But it'd be shorter than Conquest. Um, I think they could have done it better, like, also not to play script doctor, but I, by all means, I think we should all think, like, how would we done the movie better? Uh, but just fucking explain oh, I it my idea. as, oh yeah, we all got ours. I know mine. Just fucking make, make it about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. That's it. <laughs> fuck, fuck everything else. But, uh, do the Arcana thing and just explain it simply as, uh, you train hard enough, you get a special power. I'm Liu Kang. I've been training since I was a kid, and now I can concentrate my mental energy and create fire. Simple as that. Yeah, like maybe there's like a, a final like trial you have to pass yeah. or something like that. Or, you yeah, know, okay. if you fight in Outworld, you have better abilities. So that's if you go to Outworld. There's a theory in the original movie that, you know, if it's interesting to point out, Liu Kang doesn't throw his fireball until the great emotional ending, which happens to be in Outworld. He also does his bicycle kick for the first time in Outworld. Mm. So oh, it's yeah. almost like if you're in Outworld, you get a little bit more, uh, you know. Mm. Sort of like when Superman's on Earth, he's super powerful because yeah. gravity or whatever. Yeah, and I actually think that that works like a little bit better because like even in the games, like they had to make up certain things as to why characters have the powers that they have like Johnny i don't Cage. think they really put like, effort to it it's a fucking video yeah, game so yeah i know like, I, I, like yeah i know but this is a video game movie so why not use their logic i mean like i don't see any reason why you shouldn't like hell like in street fighter everything comes from their key and dragon ball z it comes from their key and like another franchise there's always like the oh, magical energy games, plot device <laughs> um but like you know but you know but still just kind of thinking about that the way I would have done it, I wouldn't even use the Arcana. I would have done something like you guys suggested. I just would have said, okay, like maybe like Liu Kang being like part of like the Temple of Light, they have this secret technique that only the Chosen One, you know, can use. And apparently it's Liu Kang, so they teach it to him. And Sub-Zero is from this, you know, the Lin Kuei clan, and they just happen to have a technique where they can create ice. Like, I don't... Well, actually, you know, you know Sub-Zero's backstory, right? Yeah, I know his backstory. I, no, like, he's not from Earth. Oh, I actually learned this on the Mortal uh, Podcast um, where they talk about the lore. Uh, It occurs in Deadly Alliance, which I own, but I guess I never played through all the character things. But Sub-Zero's whole thing is when he goes to Outworld on a mission, he discovers an old cryomancer temple of like people, a tribe of people that can, you know, manipulate ice and learns that that's where he came from. There was a cryomancer realm that got absorbed into Outworld once Outworld defeated them, and then Sub-Zero's ancestors escaped to Earth, and he ended up in the Lin Kuei. 
And see, already, like, that right there, to me, is much more interesting than all of a sudden, like, oh, we have this, like, like we have this mark, and we can unlock our powers, which, it, it ends up leading to more questions than I feel like you can have answers to. Like, what, like, so Kano killed someone and got, like, his arcana. So, what if he kills more people on Earth that also have arcanas? Does he get, like, extra oh. powers the more arcana people that he kills? At that That's point, it's not even about... That's an interesting concept. It, yeah, it's, it's like it's stacking. Not yeah, it's like stacking. Sub-Zero so, killed Vanilla Ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, like, and, and I feel like that the movie could have, like, like if it actually was smart about using that plot device, I think it would have answered that question in some way, or at least mentioned it, but it doesn't. It just expects you just to kind of, like, roll with it, rather than you've created this mystical, you know, plot device that grants you the ability to do X, and not thinking, like, oh, this thing is, like, completely, uh, like, separate from anybody's individual character trait so you know you can like use these like you know like outworld currency at this point like how much like how many arcanas do you have do you have enough arcanas <laughs> to do this so you know it just becomes like almost like a almost like a almost like a freaking a fighting tower where like you the more arcanas you get the more powerful you become the more you actually rise to the level to fight Shao Kahn or Shang Tsung <laughs> so it's just like it's something that I think like in practice it makes sense for this movie, but I but I kind of like worry about the long term effects of it if they continue to use it in sequels if sequels happen with this movie. Well, one of two things are going to happen: we're going to get a sequel and they're forced to pick up with that or ignore it, or we're going to just wait three years and they're going to do another reboot like with Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, at some point yeah. the rights will lapse and they'll have to make another one, which will kind of piss me off. Just. It will piss me off because I can't have that happen again. No, not again. <laughs> I can't let what happened already... to art happen to this. Not to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If it, I mean, if I was going to, you know, redo this movie, I would. Again, I like Lewis Tan, but Cole Young is not needed in this movie. Just have, like, the fact that Liu Kang in this movie set out to gather the other champions, just make that the main focus have him go across the world kind of like gather. the plot to conquest just his responsibility is finding champions and training them yeah so the, he have him go from you know champion to champion and recruit them or not recruit them if you know like kano i could see him not wanting to be recruited right or something like that like you follow him throughout this whole thing that would have made more sense i feel like for me yeah and also okay, you can still have the sub-zero and scorpion thing in the beginning and then after that, instead of switching to Cole, you switch to Liu Kang in the present day, trying to find, you know, everybody else. Or I got a bold idea. What if, if you go with the intro with uh, Scorpion and, and Sub-Zero's story, and then the main character throughout the rest of the thing is Sub-Zero as a bad guy, where you follow him trying to, you know, eliminate champions or eliminate uh, Hanzo Hisashi's bloodline. Like, you are following mm. the bad guy. Yeah. And eventually, oh. like him and Scorpion, you know, and just make hmm. Scorpion way more prominent than he was because he just did feel like a walk on at the end. Elephant in the room question. Mm. Mm -hmm. Does Kano have an Arcana or does he have an Arcano? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're off. Goodbye. <laughs> so I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know if I finished mine. I don't know. I don't know what we, else to say. We, we kind of just like, blended I, into group discussion. Yeah, I don't really. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all a bit. Well, I, uh, I guess we could talk about like, since we're all kind of meh on the movie. Like, I guess we could talk about some things that we actually enjoyed about the movie. 
Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned, Cabal was quite a surprise. Yeah, Cabal, uh, I yeah, think, I like, it really, that. it wasn't so much Cabal, it was Cabal's voice. Like, I mean, yeah, was, that's exactly what it was. It was yeah, like, like, and the thing is, like, I admit, I, that was shocking me as much as anybody else. I'm like, I want to hear more. Like, I, I don't care, Cabal, if you fight, I just want to hear you talk. Just keep talking. Well, I like remember I, mentioning in the last episode that I was kind of... Cabal in, ASMR. <laughs> oh my god. Too slow. Um... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I remember mentioning last episode oh. I was kind of interested in seeing him, and I'm I'm kind of becoming a Cabal fan, like wanting to try him in MK11. And they modeled his voice after him in MK11 because he's got the same smart ass, I'm too cool, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog type <laughs> voice in 11. And I feel they modeled it after that and just gave him a lot of slimy, too cool attitude. And I wasn't expecting that at all because there's nothing uh, uh. to suggest that. Uh, Elliot, you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? All right. Yes. So the voice, the voice of Cabal is different from the the person in the costume, and the voice of Cabal is actually the guy who played Charles Manson, I guess, in the movie. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's funny because I I had just listened to a podcast about Charles Manson and uh, heard. Manson's actual voice, and then I watched the movie, <laughs> and the, the guy shows up for like one scene in the movie, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Charlie." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, now I can't. Uh, that's funny. That almost makes me want to watch Mortal Kombat again. Charles Manson <laughs> got reincarnated as a uh, fast <laughs> Yeah, I'm Cabal, <laughs> Delta Skelter. It's my, it's my special move. <laughs> um. Uh. There, like one thing I like. One thing I definitely like about the movie is the uh, like is the set at the beginning and the um, and the set at the end. Like that, like Japanese cottage in the middle of the wood had in the middle of the woods had the most elaborate like flower garden ever on screen that I've seen in a good long time. And mm. Sub Zero's like little like evil lair hideout with the ice over everything was pretty dang cool. To well, look no, at. that was actually the gym that uh, evil lair hideout. Yeah, that was a gym. Yeah, that was the, that, was, that was the gym that uh, Cole like fought in yeah which begs the question like the very final scene in the movie is him back at the gym was there never under discussion about dude why is everything fucking wet why are all the pipes burst why is the like (laughs) railing shattered what happened yeah but well then i'll put it this way like that was cole's gym but sub-zero came in and he made it his evil lair hideout everywhere sub-zero goes he must freeze yes (laughs) he 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 constantly recreates his evil lair hideout (laughs) Like everywhere he goes, he just goes into every place, and he's just like turning the thermostat down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Jack. Yep, 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 pretty much like me. So like, uh, I did like that, but I guess like the only thing disappointing is that I wanted to like like a uh, Raiden's Temple in the middle of the Australian desert or something. But after a while, I was like, eh, it, like it looks kind of boring. And that's again, I've said this before in previous episode, but one of the things I like about the '95 movie is the sets. I think the sets are very fun and charming in that movie, and there's a lot of them and a lot to like, but. And this movie, it's like I love the beginning. I love the beginning set, and I love the uh, the uh, the end set at the end of the movie. But everything else in between just kind of blends in. It doesn't even have that like nice sort of like raw visual look that the raid had with its one set throughout the entire movie. It just it, it wasn't even that interesting. 
So, the sets were not a character at, in any way. Yeah, like the, the environments in which they're fighting play almost no role. Like at one point, they're like on like a br- very narrow little bridge. Oh, that that it that's was, very and, uh, and, and no one even gets like thrown off the edge. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the bridge is literally a setting from the game. It's the fucking pit, the pit where yeah. you're supposed to fight someone and knock them off into spikes. And you see it, and you're, if you play the games, you're supposed to be like, "Oh my god, they're in the pit!" It's just like the games, but they don't. They kill enough. Granted, the head smash fatality was pretty cool, but yeah, it's the it was cool. It's the pit. You're supposed do to do that somewhere on the spikes. else. Don't do that over a pit. I mean, they did. They did it in the first movie when he knocks him on the spikes. It wasn't the pit, but it was a reference to it. You know, you always got to knock someone on some spikes. I was hoping once he said like, "Yeah, these work." I was hoping he was gonna push him over, and then at least he falls onto the like, that would have been headless cool. onto the thing. Yeah, I was hoping for that, but missed no, opportunity. I'm not gonna. I mean, that doesn't make it a less movie, but it makes it like a missed opportunity for a fan like. I did find it weird that they called the training ground the pit. Oh yeah, they did call it the pit, but they didn't. But not the actual pit from the game, <laughs> right? Yeah, that and that's that's one of those things that I didn't understand. It's like. Yeah, they, they had this whole scene where they're all in this like white nebulous like middle matrix loading place. screen, and then they're like, "Oh, we gotta go fight one one with people," and then they all choose kind of. Some of them are really random. Like I don't know why Cole had to fight Melina. Didn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that all felt um, felt very forced. It don't yeah, it felt very forced. But then they all get put into different places, and and Raiden and apparently transports them to Outworld locations. Because you see the statue of, of Shao Kahn, where uh, Cabal and Liu Kang fight. And, oh, really? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. Where all the fire and all that shit. And apparently he is able to transport the enemy combatants, too. That's the impression I got. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Jack, you want to fight why... Reiko? I'll give you Reiko. If Raiden can do all that fucking shit, why didn't he, why didn't he do that from the beginning? It, he said that he, he, he didn't want to interfere, interfere, but he yeah. definitely interfered in that part. I mean, at this point, the tournament's not started, so you can do whatever the fuck you want. There's no rules yeah, Raiden, to be broken. Raiden being like Mr. Non-Interfering when someone else is clearly interfering is always <laughs> kind of strange to me. It's like, why don't you use your powers to, like, I, he makes a force field, but yeah. surely you can do a little more. I guess it's part of him being honorable as on the side of good or something. I don't know. But, like, I mean, the first yeah, movie did field. it. You know, Shang Tsung tries to sick his ninjas on everyone and rain's like, uh, 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 that's not before the tournament. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what's going on here, except he's really going out of his bounds and trying to kill people before the tournament. So Raiden should have carte blanche to just be like, no bitch and kill everybody. Yeah. Raiden wasn't very protective. No. Yeah. I felt like he was more protective in the original. Yeah. He definitely seemed like he actually cared about the cast or the characters in that movie. than this one, he seemed more annoyed that they weren't <laughs> fighters. This, these are your champions? What the fuck? I like how I, I said, let's talk about some good stuff we immediately started. I mean, yeah, there's lots to be annoyed about. But I mean, there was everything, everything that I like, though, is like, I like it, but... yeah, God, that reminds me of when I reviewed Godzilla Final Wars for the first time. And and someone pointed out, it's like, dude, everything you're saying is, I like it, but... And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, Which movie? Godzilla Final Wars. Oh, okay. Where it was a fucking awful movie, but it was also fun. But it's like I wanted to like parts of it, but there was always a, a but inserted in there. 
Yeah. Mm. And that might be this movie. I don't know. I like Kano, but um, he could have been more yeah. threatening. I love Sub-Zero. There's not much of a button there. Do you except like his, that he, do you like, do you like his butt? No, I don't know. He didn't show off his butt as you much really as, like, that say, yeah. Melina or something like that. Um, <laughs> there's very there's very little butt in this movie. There's a little butt. Yeah. That's that's probably my biggest complaint. Sub-Zero could have been more present. But at least he was more present than Scorpion, where he just felt like he was going to be tacked on in the beginning. I will say end. though, him him showing up at the end was was a pretty hype moment. Like having him, it could have been more hype. Last minute. It was it cool. But more. why did why did he show up then? Why did he wait four hundred years to take his revenge? Yeah, I think I thought my impression was that like Raiden once... gave him a spear, and that was <clears throat> something Cole does kind of channels. Scorpion. Sco- no, uh, Scorp- Sub Zero gets a hold of it. Tries to stab uh, Cole. Cole holds the blade with his hand, and his blood, like, sort of merges with Scorpion's blood, and that uh, ignites it. And that's kind of what, I guess, that opens the gateway for him to come back. What I want to know is like since the sixteen hundreds, you're telling me none of Cole's ancestors did anything notable. They're all carrying the Mortal Kombat insignia. None of them fought in a Mortal Kombat tournament or did anything to 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 rouse Bihan's suspicions or to stir Scorpion from his lair in hell. He had to wait 400 years for some fucking nobody in an MMA, you know, <laughs> circuit to to bring back Scorpion. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, 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 they also didn't explain if Earth Realm was a part of any of the previous tournaments, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, Sonya gives her big spiel where I commented that, wow, things are really moving fast. And we might have talked a little bit over some of her exposition because I'm assuming Earthrealm is always a part of it. I mean, yeah, no, it is because they did the same mythology from the 95 movie where we have to win 10 in a row. And Shang Tsung does say we've won nine already. It's the same setup. Yeah, the stakes weren't as clearly drawn in this movie. As yeah. far as, like, I feel like they could have, because like the plot of trying to assassinate the most potential winners before the tournament mm-hmm. starts sounds like it could be really tense. Yeah, but I guess yeah, they the movie moves so fast that maybe it, it, yeah, you didn't really feel that. You know, you know, it would be a fun Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> what? is if they did like the whole thing of like killing off all the powerful guys, and then you're left with like. <laughs> The, the leave leftovers, oh, and they yeah. have to get the and they have to get their shit together for the tournament. <laughs> it's like the replacements, <laughs> <laughs> all the C list characters. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> gotta do some push ups or something. And that's where Natara shows up. Yeah, I don't know why she was in here because they needed I cannon fodder. Yeah. That's why I was pleased with Cabal because I thought he was going to be cannon fodder, but he had more character. <clears throat> but yeah, Natara and Reiko are just like. Yeah, Natara kind of felt like that she was there specifically just so they could show just how brutal the good guys can be, so they could like give Kung Lao like his comeuppance and his dues before they just kill him off. Because <laughs> man, you he do. looked pretty psycho when he was doing that. Y- y- uh, yeah. yeah, and I've seen webms of that scene and the look he gives when blood splattering all over his face. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> You're yeah, a little like, too jazzed up about yeah, cutting someone in half. Yeah, but like that, like. Uh, I kind of, kind of predicted that that if any good guy on the side like would die, it probably would be him. Because look at how he showed up. He showed up with the teleport. He's throwing the hat. He's doing all these cool moves. Like he's basically more powerful than Liu Kang. Liu Kang looks up to him like a brother. 
all this stuff is happening. We're like, hey, if Kung Lao is here, then the day is saved. And then he does this awesome fatality, so the crowd's just going loving him. So, of course, it makes perfect sense that they would just kill him off as sort of like emotional weight <laughs> to add to the movie. I, I did find it weird how, uh, how, how high of a standard Liu Kang puts Kung Lao. Like, he was like... Uh, he's, you know, when they're arguing at the dinner table, he's like, you should be bowing down to him because he's trying to save you or something like that. And then once he dies, Liu Kang is like, Kung Lao is dead. All is lost. It's like... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they're really pushing that he's his bigger brother, basically. He's a guy he looked up to. And like, like, I like, like that he took his red sash and tied it around for his uh, headband. Headband, yeah. Though he, that did make him look a lot more like uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. Well, I mean, Liu Kang wears the red headband in MK2 and 3, so it's kind of a callback oh, yeah, to true, that. Yeah. But I remember yeah, people true. were pointing that out. Uh, like, is that from Kung Lao's costume? And then it ended up being true. Yeah. So literally, oh, did, they, did people really... There are people on Reddit uh, pointing out, like, you know, just shots of Liu Kang with a red headband, and they noticed it looks just like the red headband that Kung Lao has around, like, I don't know if it was from his hat. And yeah, they're like, saying. no, that can't be. But it literally was what ended up happening. Yeah. And it it, it, it mimics his look from the games at the same time giving it an emotional weight. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that, I thought it was cool having him take it. But he also didn't, like, nobody fought Shang Tsung. No, yeah, Shang Tsung just watched a Kung Lao threw a hat at him. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Shang Tsung at one point said, you, like, you're not worthy of me. <laughs> Melina said the same thing to Sonya and said, oh, you're not a chosen warrior. You're not worthy of me. And I'm I just hate like, that. Man. That seems silly. Like, she already fought yeah. him. Like, yeah, I had heard like, about that plot thing. Like, the point was she wouldn't, she would flat out refuse to fight her because she didn't have a dragon thing. But the way it ended up is she fought her to the point of getting ready to kill her. And it's like, I'm not even going to kill you. You're not worth it. I'm like, really? Come on. You're going to kill her. You're Melina. <laughs> Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Just seems silly. But yeah, we we wanted to talk about the things we like. You're right. We keep bitching about it. Um, hmm. Sub Zero is great. Hiroki Sonata was great, underused. The soundtrack yeah. sucked, uh, but on occasion it did do an electronic thing. Where I remember Elliot commented on where it did feel. Every now and then the soundtrack was cool. Every yeah, now and then it took on some it. energy. I mean, I think uh, we've actually talked about some things that we've liked, because we all agree we like Kano. We like Hiroyuki Sonata. We like Joe. I like Kano. Yeah, Elliot doesn't uh, like Kano. Um, like, uh, we all like Cabal, <laughs> like, we all like Cabal, because we were like, oh my god, like, that was like something none of us expected, but we ended up liking Cabal a lot. So, so that's something that we like. There's, you know, like the beginning fight and the last fight, I think all of us generally enjoyed. I mean, you I'm, know. I have issue with the last fight. The last Thank fight you. is a little bit. Because it felt like this is supposed to be the hype moment. This is when fucking goddamn Scorpion shows up. But once again, the fights didn't feel impactful. And then yeah. Cole Long, Cole Young, Cole Young joins in and teams up with him. And I can't remember a lot of the 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 well, gist the of thing the fight. Is like, while 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 Scorpion and Sub Zero are fighting. It keeps cutting back to Cole trying to punch the ice to right. free his family, <laughs> yeah. and that 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 kind of just keeps stopping the action from continuing. Yeah. Also, like that that end fight, like to me, like a hallmark of like a good end fight is like, uh, like th- think about like the end of like The Matrix or something, where it's like mm-hmm. Neo Neo's fighting, he's putting up a good fight, but he's losing, right? Yeah. And and then at the last minute, 
you know, you have your thing that changes and they, they get it together, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's a little more prolonged. It's a little more drawn out when the, when yeah. the, the turn of events finally happens, it feels more impactful because it's like they finally conquered something. The, the yeah. first Mortal Kombat did this too. Yeah. Like, Luke Kang's uh, getting the shit beat and then yeah. I am the chosen one. Yeah. Like you, you, oh, need, you need something like that in this movie. It just didn't really happen. I just got chills thinking about that. Oh, all right. <laughs> and then just I hear you oh, slave man. sorcerer. They have risen up against you. Free them! Never! Never! Yeah, there was a great dramatic shift. Even though it's kind of bullshit when you think about it, because like he had no reason to all of a sudden stand up and be supercharged, but it, dramatically, it, it's great. It's great, and then the music is swelling up, too, while he's like saying all that stuff. Just, yeah, It could have used a moment like that. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of that. You know, I have risen up from hell to defeat you, like squirt... I liked it when he took off his mask and he's like, do you remember this face? Because that's like he set it up in the beginning. Yeah. But, I don't know, it just needed more oomph. It definitely needed Physically something. and dramatically, and it lacked, and I just didn't feel much of it. It felt like, and also the fact that, you know, this is this dude's ancestor from 400 years ago. There was no connection between, like, they didn't barely interact it. And also... They wouldn't really understand each other. Right. He speaks <laughs> Japanese and Cole's like, okay, I think I understand but, you. But that, but they have a bond, you know, a generational bond. So all they have to do is just look at each other and they know what each other is saying. It's like telepathy. But I feel like he doesn't, he never acknowledges that that's my ancestor. <laughs> like they never like, like he, like Scorpion says, like, protect my bloodline. I don't know if Cole understood that. Yeah. <laughs> at all. It's like, cool, well, I mean, a Japanese like, 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 dude with a skull face just came up and said some jibber jabber to me, and he beat the bad guy. And cool, all right. I don't know what he's talking about, but la 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 la. I mean, I don't think like Cole is not going to protect the bloodline because that means he's not going to protect his family. Cole's just like, yeah, sure, whatever, Scorpion. Okay, bye, family. Fuck off. And then he just walks away. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he's going to do that. I think like it's sort of like, it sort of kind of felt redundant for Scorpion to say that because obviously Cole's going to protect his family, which means obviously he's going to protect the bloodline. Which means that in the yeah, future, but... we're going to get female Scorpion with Cole Young's daughter in a future movie. <laughs> Dude, yeah, wait till that actress so. ages up a bit and make her female Scorpion. Scorpiana. A Scorpiana? <laughs> yeah, there Scorpiana. we go. Bam. Let's do it. No, Scorpina from the Scorpina. Power Rangers. Oh, oh Scorpina. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. From the what? Scorpina. Power Rangers. I, I, there's, a, there's a bad guy. There's a bad guy called Scorpina. Okay. In, in the original <laughs> Elliot the original even show. knows her, apparently. Or <laughs> yeah, I know Scorpina. Ooh. Yeah. I was an awakening as a young boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, just, uh, I, like, everything. Like, I, everything <laughs> that's, just the, that's the perfect summation of this movie. Y- y- yeah, but. Yeah, uh, but. Y- yeah. yeah but, uh, <laughs> keep doing that. The yeah, yeah. but thing. Uh, I feel like we haven't really talked enough about how we all like the CG in the movie, at least like for the most part, yeah. and how solid it was. We mentioned it. Was, it, we, it was we well me- done. There wasn't yeah. really like a moment where I was like, "This is bad or distracting." And I think CG. So and there much are even of a few it. parts where I was like, "Oh, this is actually really good CG." Like Goro had physical presence. Goro is the one where I was like, "He's looking a little, little cartoony." The face wasn't good, right? I didn't think his face was kind of too. The face soft kind of felt like it was from Warcraft. Yeah, it looked too friendly or something. Something was wrong about the face, but the yeah. body was like, it had a presence to it. Yeah. Uh, I actually was surprised that Reptile looked as good as he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, thought, I, like, I like you commented, Elliot, that com- he looks like a Komodo dragon. 
Yeah. I'm like, I thought he was going to be a guy in a suit because he looks so bulky in the trailer, but now I realize the reason he looks so bulky is because he's designed to walk on all fours like a Komodo dragon. Yeah. And they didn't do the 3D wooshy-wooshy thing, so it's just... I think that's why the CGI works, because it, it's understated. They just, you know, they frame it like it's an actual physical character, and they use it minimally, and it works. Yeah. And some of those effects were fun, too. Honestly, I yeah. thought it was like his ice shit. That's the best CG ever, because it, like, in the beginning, when he, like, just makes the ice in his palm, it looks mm-hmm. fucking real. That looked really cool. And, yeah. And the gunshot ice thing was cool. Right, yeah. Like, Cool, cool ice effects. On, yeah, on, I, on, I, on, on tr- like as unrealistic as that. Would, would shotgun pellets do that? <laughs> Just freeze him in air. I mean, if he's, I mean, if he's uh, that powerful, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, what I liked about it is that in the, it seemed like in the past, he was still learning about his powers. Hmm. Like, it, it looked like he struggled to like be able to form the icicles in his hand. Yeah, kind of a thing. Or he had he had trouble controlling it. So by the time he gets to like him fighting Jax, he's so skilled at it that he can he can freeze bullets in midair, kind of thing. That was one of the cool so, things I liked about that fight too. Is when he starts like swiping Jax on the shoulder and oh, it leaves yeah. frostbite on him, and he's like reacting. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Also, I like I would, the thing that the best thing I liked about the trailer is when he does the, he creates the sword with his hand, like yeah, when he's fighting Scorpion at the end, like that CG effect looked looks really real. Pretty damn know. real. And maybe yeah. it's easier when it's just smooth, you know, frozen water. I guess it's easier to render than... But it's also, like, the fact that they that they made the uh, decision to, like, make it kind of out of focus because it's closer to the camera. Uh, so it looks more realistic mm-hmm. because it's not in focus, I guess. That's a good trick. Yeah. I don't know. The, the CD of this movie was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they, did, they didn't overdo it, which I think... Was to its benefit, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they didn't do like a the kind of like the reason I always check out of like action sequences in Marvel movies at a certain point is that it's like there's no there's not a lot of stunts happening. It's like a lot of CG stuff right. flying around. Yeah, that's my biggest like doing, problem like, in Marvel movies: impossible physical feats. In this movie, even some of the crazier stuff the characters were doing was still fairly grounded. So mm-hmm. it, it like, worked on that level. Yeah, like Cabal's effects were pretty cool. Like having him speed around. While he's fighting, yeah, yeah, that was movie. really cool. Yeah, yeah it kind of reminded me of a, uh, oh. uh, was it Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. that X Men movie where they had that lady who was like jumping through portals and speeding through around while they were fighting towards the end. I think I can't remember. Oh gosh, yeah, it's been so long since I haven't seen that one. Like him, and, like Cabal and Melina had felt. Like yeah, Melina did her teleport thing, and they represented by like her, like kind of hopping through portals or whatever. It was kind of cool. There's one point where she gets thrown, and then she creates a portal, so she gets thrown into her own portal, and then comes out of it still spinning, but then she turns it into a spin kick. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That Tell you what, man, so, so much of that like final fight was so frantic, I need to go back home. I've been wanting to download... I, I'm ashamed to say I want to download the torrent, because <laughs> I don't yeah. have HBO Max. We watched it with Elliot's HBO Max, uh, but I, I, I want to I go through and dissect some shit. It's, it's that last bit is very frustrating it's because it feels like the trailer where it just has a quick cut of a bunch of fatalities blah, 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 blah. right it feels like that where it just keeps cutting back between like four different fights and it's just i i wanted to focus on one at a time like in the in the original movie yeah you had one fight you focused on it it ended you go to the next one 
the fact that it keeps jumping back and forth just kills any moment. Well, I mean, I typically like like climaxes like that where there's like a lot of like three pronged bat, like Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace did it too, where there's like heroes fighting in different locations and it's all going on at once. But and, and but they never spend enough time on either one. Mm. Yeah, the older movies that did that would they had a better pacing sense mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. far as like when they would cut back and forth. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about with the movie? Hmm, I'm trying to think if there's anything I forgot to mention. Yeah, I, I, like I think I think pretty much we've, or at least I've said um, everything from you know uh, everything I'm going to say. I'll probably watch the movie again at some point, but if I have, I don't think my opinion's really going to change too much and, until like unless I'd like watch it again years from now, and I may have a different set of ideas about that movie. But right now, I feel pretty good about my own review that I said earlier, and and how that's going to translate in the future on, on future rewatches. I hope we get it. I hope I do hope we get a sequel. I just hope it's with different, uh, different, you know, yeah, that's the thing. It's team. like coming from this, it's like, do we want a sequel? If it's going to be just like this, if it's the same caliber movie, do you want a sequel? I want a sequel. He, if it's a different director. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. I'm looking this Simon Mc, Dude, he's got one line on Wikipedia. Yeah, he's he, old. Yeah. Sorry, not that the, not that that means anything. Because like, look at George Miller, but like, or George Miller, is that his name? I don't know. Who did? What the Mad, Mad Max dude? Yeah, yeah. We oh, talked we about talking? like he's he's old. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we talked about him like in our build up to this. He's he primarily has done directing for video games <laughs> uh, before no, no, no. this movie uh, commercials. He did commercials. He, but commercials. He, but yeah, he's done. He, yeah, but he's also done some video game stuff too. Uh, last I checked. What? Yeah, yeah, like I don't like think so. well, like like video game FMVs and stuff like that. Like that, he's directed stuff like that. Hmm. Um, oh, I didn't know that. No, he, look at his IMDb. But he's yeah, I. A, I go he's, ahead. Done a, he's done a short film. Maybe this is why this movie felt like somewhat competent. Because, like I said, at least it's not boring. Because, like, my biggest problem: with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Which was a director, Michael Doherty, that was experienced and did like his own small films, but to that, that movie to me felt fucking boring. Mm. Whereas this, it feels mediocre, but it was entertaining. So like, there's yeah. a little bit of this competency in it. This director's website is full of video game stuff. He's done oh, PlayStation okay. promos, Halo, Call of Duty. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, what was interesting about the original like Mortal Kombat movies that like Paul Anderson was like this young like energetic director that like wanted to try different things yeah yeah so i I don't know i don't know again don't want to you know talk too much crap about this director but i just i feel like someone who had if they had someone who had like a more i don't know refined vision catalog yeah just different vision to it like i'm surprised he's old i didn't realize if he can if he can beat one of us in hand-to-hand combat (laughs) <laughs> he can he can direct the next movie. Yes, I like <laughs> that idea a lot. I don't know. I don't, I don't know a challenge defense. here on this podcast. You're hearing it for the first time, Stephen McQuad. <laughs> McQuad, you've been you've been challenged to, to Mortal Kombat. I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. Do you accept or yield? <laughs> Uh, this podcast has not endorsed the opinions of Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> why are we? Why are we? Why are we challenging directors to Mortal Kombat? Why not? <laughs> we're, we're, well, this podcast is the is the the first and last word on all things Mortal Kombat. And wow, it's true. It, this right. movie 
did not meet this podcast standards completely. So if you're going to direct a wants, movie about Mortal Kombat, you goddamn well have better yeah, rip someone's if he, head if off. If he wants to do the next one, he has to first uh, prove to this podcast that uh, he has what it takes. Elliot, if you if you defeat uh, Steve McQuab, Steve McQuab, oh, I'm fighting him. Okay, uh, uh, you're, you issue the challenge, <laughs> <What>? sir. <laughs> Yeah. Are you willing okay, to are you willing I'll to perform him. the fatality? Are you willing to rip this guy's spine out if you defeat him in battle? <gasps> what would my what would my fatality? Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, that's yeah. innocent. What, that's is, a good question. what, what would our fatalities, fatalities be? I don't oh god, know. that oh man, you would have to have, like like you're to put on my horror hat, which means I, I get to go into like, you know, psych, like psychoville in my brain about like what fatality I would have. I think I'd open the lid of a toilet and throw your head in it and drown you in it. That's oh. lame. That's lame, Josh. I was thinking. I was thinking you would just kill them slowly with secondhand smoke. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> just like pinch their cheeks and just right into the mouth. You've been doing that to us for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. It's a very slow fatality. It's very. I think. Yeah. It's called divine punishment, in which I I just say a lot of bad puns, <laughs> and so then you cause internal internal yeah. organs start rupturing. <laughs> I like I like the idea that like mine would just be I just fart on you and then the and then the, and then the fart cloud like dissolves you or something. Boy, that That's sounds like a right mine too. Yeah, bull right. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. Hmm. I feel like yours, Yashin, uh, Yashin, would just be the simple where like you punch someone's heads off or something. Like you're Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat One. Just uh. I don't want to be Johnny Cage in any. <laughs> <Yeah. sense of laughs> you're such a nice person, Yashin. I have a hard time picturing you like hurting a person. Oh. I think like you would probably like pick someone up. And and beat the other person with the other person. Yeah. Oh, do a shin up. Yeah. Quan Chi. Quan Chi. Yeah. Or I do. I'm the one that does the friendship. The friendship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just break out, break down into like a disco dance or something like that. <laughs> and then, uh, Derek shows up at some point and just starts dancing with me. He's yeah. a summonable character. Summonable. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? And yeah. guess and guess what? The song is a Bollywood song that we're all dancing to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, cool. So, so yeah, Steve McQuad, fucking challenge us, uh, and you might get treated to a Bollywood uh, dance routine if you should be defeated. Uh, and you'll take your life. You'll, you'll have your life, but we'll be directing the new Mortal Kombat. Yeah, we should uh, do like the uh, you know that that. Oh, I'm surprised Josh wasn't in on this. Hmm? The Josh battle that happened yesterday. The what? So a year ago when quarantine started this random dude named josh swain or something like that issued a random challenge on twitter which he didn't think <laughs> he didn't this. he didn't think would get viral but he basically said i've noticed he basically uh made a facebook group and you know invited everybody with his exact name josh swain and then they're like reason. why why have i been added here and he's like i'm glad you asked that uh there's too many of us here so i challenge we i'm we must all fight to the death and he put a location like a what the fuck a gps location or whatever it's like all right on uh on april of 2021 we're all gonna meet here and we're gonna have a battle and whoever wins gets to keep the name and then it got viral apparently <laughs> and then he basically was like i didn't think it was gonna go viral so you know what we're gonna keep it but we're not gonna obviously we're not gonna you know battle to the death we're just gonna have like a very intense rock paper scissors tournament and then everybody brings uh pool noodles and we just fight and whoever <laughs> is sta left standing wins and then at the end they actually did it yesterday what the oh fuck and, hundreds yeah. show up in nebraska for a fight over the name josh a real yeah. mortal combat happened but and uh the and the thing is like they, they everybody brought like 
uh, perishable, unperishable foods for charity, and they uh-huh. also did like a donation. They made it a charitable event, so it was, it was a That's feel cool. good thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, a, a little five year old basically won, and now he gets to keep the name what the of fuck? Josh. I'll beat that kid's <laughs> ass. I wonder, I wonder how many people are actually going to legally change their name now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we could uh, we could do that where we challenge uh, a Simon McQuad to a game of Mortal Kombat like two or something. Oh like yeah, that. Hey, yeah, yeah. An arcade. Go. And if he wins, he gets to direct the next movie. If we, he doesn't win, he relinquishes the rights to us. I don't think that's for either of us to Ooh, decide, yeah. but <laughs> but we could try. Yeah, WB, WB will be fine with it. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the, the three of you could make a really good Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, that'd be fun. I don't know if either of us. None of us know how to film. direct. I've written a couple scripts. I, I could I tell you what I could write you a goddamn good Mortal Kombat movie for sure. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Elliot would have I to direct be... it, actually. Oh, no. Yes. I feel like an imposter, though. I'll have to become a fan of Mortal Kombat. Well, you know, some <laughs> of the best franchise movies have been by people that are new to the franchise. Like Simon That Stewart. are looking at it just how to make a <laughs> or, good film. Or uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Well, he, he actually did play the games, so like when he found out about the movie, he was like, hell yeah, Mortal Kombat, okay. Mm. But I'm trying to think, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not many good examples of video game yeah, movies, that's so it's kind of hard. Or like any franchise, like yeah. Godzilla. Um, sure, there's been some Godzilla directors that didn't give a shit about Godzilla. Final Wars. Uh, huh? Final Wars. <laughs> yeah, Kitamura, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, he did like Godzilla. He just liked the 70s ones, and he just wanted to make that plus The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so next, so our, we're going to do a future episode where we're going to make our own Mortal Kombat movie. Figure out how we we're do. gonna do what? We're gonna uh, make our own Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, let's do it! Yeah, actually, yeah, that'd be great. Let's spitball <laughs> some plot points and stuff for our episode. That'd be great. Jay gets to be Johnny Cage, but then he gets killed off in the first five minutes. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can like I can actually respect that so long as like you know he does a shadow kick and a nut punch and they land and they don't miss or anything like that. Then yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> His fight scene has to take place in a cage. Yes, of course. So you can be. It's got to be a cage, cage match. match. Yeah. You know that. You know. You know. They actually had a very missed opportunity at the end of the movie where they said "Citizen Cage" to like tease Johnny. When in reality, what it should have been, it should have been Cage Fighter. That would have been way better. <laughs> no, nah, I like Citizen Cage. I like Citizen Cage. I was hoping that they would have um what's the in Mortal Kombat Nine he has a movie, was it Mime? Ninja Mime? Ninja Mime, yeah. I was hoping <laughs> that they would use that. Cause there's so many like different movies that they've over the years made for Johnny Cage and But yeah. that's not like as instantly translatable as if you see Citizen, Citizen Cage, Cage, you know yeah. exactly who it is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But I, but but I kind of feel like if they if they do make a if they do make a sequel, which of course Johnny Cage would be in, I kind of want like a a humorous scene where Johnny Cage goes through all of his movies, and every single movie <laughs> has Cage in the title somewhere, yeah. like ra- like ra- like Raging Cage, Cage Fighter, Cage of Mage, or Amazing Cage, Amazing Cage, or something like that. I don't know, so, like just dumb stuff because that's totally a Johnny Cage thing. Oh, absolutely. He would just like he would have to like he would put his name in the title somewhere. <laughs> Cast Nicholas Cage as Johnny Cage. Oh my yes. God. Oh man, they need that. Dude. They need that line in there, like starring Johnny Cage and then Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, it feels and, like and thirty like, years ago. That would make sense. Yep, and it's, it's like and now. it's like 
And it's like some sort of evil doppelganger movie where like Nicolas Cage and Johnny Cage are twins and like they're fighting over who's like the adaptation. real cage. Yes, like adaptation. <laughs> like who like 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 who is the real cage and then they're and then they're both like overacting every single scene. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'd watch the shit out of that. Oh man. Uh all right. I guess. It takes place in Louisiana, so they could eat a lot of oh. Cajun food. Hell yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Of course. And it's gonna be old washed up cage played by Nicholas Cage, and you could have Cassie in there too. It'd be a father daughter road trip adventure with, with <laughs> Nicholas Cage yes. and whoever we cast as Cassie. Oh right. Yep. Uh Chloe Martez, whatever her. Yeah, she's Cassie. There you go. Since they're already together in kick ass. There I just fucking casted your Johnny Cage movie. Boy. <laughs> so uh i guess that's it that's yep, it. i guess that's so it for me so our review of mortal kombat uh we are three minutes shy of being the exact length of the mortal kombat movie when we review a movie we get a lot to talk about we didn't think we'd have a lot to talk about this one but apparently we did yeah elliot said he wasn't going to talk about a lot of the movie but yeah he you did say that <laughs> he said he wouldn't have a lot to say i, I don't think i did though i just kind of had like a lot of meh and then, like, a lot of speculation yeah. on what I would do differently. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is a critique. We we, we want we know kind of know what we want from yeah. these movies. So, I don't know. Uh, oh, well. Better luck next time, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining on this podcast and everybody for listening. Uh, until the next episode of Combat Time, uh, Josh, do the outro. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm messing with you. I am Josh Bugash, descendant of Kung Lao. And I finish you. That makes no that makes no sense. I know. <laughs> Don't ask me to improv shit. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright. Jo- go ahead. Alright. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!